Well, welcome to the Awaken City Church podcast. Uh, we are doing a follow-up from our message on Sunday, um, and actually this is our third attempt. We have had uh, two failed attempts with audio playing up, so uh, right now we have about three devices all recording at the same time to make sure we get it right. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. It's uh, taken us a lot of effort to get there. So uh, we've got uh, myself, Michael, and also Sarah here today. Hi. Um, and so we're, we're following up on the message from Sunday, which was about the critical journey. Uh, so Sarah has been uh, doing a lot of study around the critical journey in preparation for Awaken You. Uh, so... Uh, so yeah, let me just uh, give a, a plug here for Awaken You. If, if this uh, topic has um, sparked some interest for you, it's something that you're um, really wanting to, to understand a little, little bit better to help you on your journey, owning your stage of apprenticeship with Jesus, uh, Awaken You coming up next term uh, is going to be the place to be and it's uh, going to be really awesome. Uh, I was thinking about it during the week and just really feel like this whole framework for understanding spiritual formation and our apprenticeship to Jesus um, is I feel like it's going to be something that as a church we um, it's not just going to be for a season but something that really helps us uh, in our culture as as people who want to faithfully follow Jesus um, so uh, so yeah so this is this is an important uh, important podcast. So we're going to dive in. Um, uh, if you haven't already heard the message from Sunday, then you probably need to do that first because we're going to pick up where I left off uh, because I didn't get to finish it, uh, but we're going to pick up from there. So I'm just going to start off though by um, following up uh, or reading the passage that I used on Sunday from Mark 8 and then we'll dive into it. So it says this, this is Jesus speaking. He says, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way. My way to saving yourself, your true self. What good would it do to get everything you want and lose you, the real you? What could you ever trade your soul for? I really love... That passage, I really feel like it just uh, encompasses this whole um, idea of the critical journey. You know, don't run from suffering, embrace it. And you know, when we talk about our journey with Jesus, we're talking about spiritual formation, spiritual maturity, uh, or not just spiritual maturity, but uh, emotional maturity as well. Um, and so maturity is best defined, I think, as a willingness to be led where you dare not go, especially through suffering and crisis. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts, Sarah, on that passage? Yeah, I just love the... really makes it clear who needs to be running this show. Right. It's my will laid down. Stop trying to do it yourself. Quit the striving. Just let God lead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Regardless of how much I try to help myself, try to get through stuff with my own will, it's no good. <laughs> yeah, that's it, eh? Yeah, totally. And, you know, and so that's um, you know sort sort of where we left off on Sunday was um, the wall, which is that confrontation of wills. It's uh, 
um, you know, our, our will being laid down so that his will can be done and us finding peace on the other side of that. Um, but why don't we just quickly do a quick overview of the six stages okay. um, and then we'll um, pick up sort of where we left off. Great. So stage one is the recognition of God. We believe that people enter into a relationship with God in one of two different ways. So come, some will come through a sense of awe and others will come out of a sense of need. Stage two is the life of discipleship. So that stage is best characterized as a time of learning and belonging, getting part of a community, uh, maybe following a particular preacher or uh, church. Stage three, the productive life. Um, this is where we often uh, stall out because this is kind of held up as the shiny, you have arrived Christian maturity stage. Uh, so the productive life is the doing stage. It's the stage that's held up as, yeah, the pinnacle of Christian maturity. Uh, but there is more. So stage four is the inward journey. Um, so like the name describes, it's a deep and personal inward journey. Um, whereas the previous stages are quite external, now there's an abrupt change and it turns around. Uh, at some stage during this stage, so during stage four, and certainly before stage five, we'll experience the wall. Uh, and that's the meeting of, is our will meeting God's will face to face. That's where we decide to lay down and surrender our will and let God be God. Quit trying to do his job. Uh, stage five is the journey outward. So after the wall and the inward journey, we start to journey back outward. A shift from vertical to horizontal in our relationships. Uh, here's where we grow in full awareness that we're fully loved by God, even though we are never fully whole. Uh, and then stage six is the life of love. And at this stage, we reflect God to others in the world more clearly and consistently than we ever thought possible. Awesome. That's great. And I was thinking about the stages, um, you know, one through to three. And, and on Sunday, I was sort of reflecting on how a lot of our church culture, um, you know, sort of worldwide church culture is based around those stages one through to three is, yeah. you know, three sort of being the pinnacle of the Christian life. Um, and thinking, you know, how how easy is it for us to become disciples of the church rather mm. than disciples of Christ? Absolutely. And, you know, especially at that stage two level where, you you know, we, we start to have sort of heroes, right. people that we're putting up on pedestals and... Um, you know, so I think, you know, for us here at Awaken, we want to be making disciples of Jesus, not disciples of Awaken. Um, and so I think, you know, so we, 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 yeah, we want to create a space where people are pushing through the wall That's right. and stepping into that, you know, um, that outward journey and the life of love. Yeah. All right. So on Sunday, we sort of finished up, um, with the wall and I realize now that I never really, you know, I sort of finished there and didn't give, you know, this is how we get out of the wall. Um, and so I had lots of conversations with people afterwards, which is, you know, why we're really doing this podcast was there was a lot of people, um, you know, reflecting on times that they've been, uh, where they feel they've been at the wall, some reflecting on being uh, in uh, environments where it wasn't safe um, to, to go through the wall. It wasn't safe to ask questions and all of that sort of stuff. Um, so um, yeah, so let's let's sort of pick up from there and talk about how we move forward through the wall. So so we move um, to stage five um, through the wall, if and when we accept the reality of our life with joy. 
So at stage five, um, gratitude and thankfulness really start to become the hallmarks of, of our lives. Um, there, and there is a real sense of calmness, peace and stability about a person moving into stage five. So there is a real sense at stage five that we have fully owned our story. So, um, you know, we're able to sort of look back on our story or on our lives currently even and just sort of say, this is, this is my body, this is my story, this is my failure, this is my marriage, this is my singleness, this is what was done to me, this is what I did to others, this is what was stolen from me, this is where I am now. You know, we can insert whatever there, this is my whatever, and we accept the reality of our lives with joy. Yeah, and I was, I was thinking about um, uh, that Brene Brown quote where she says that when we don't own our story, it enslaves us. But when we do own our story, we get to write the ending. That's right. And, you know, the beauty of it is when we come through the wall is we start to, we, we get to write the story with Jesus. That's you right. Know? And I think that's really cool. Yeah, to do that, there's a whole bunch of vulnerability that we've gone through on the wall. Um, you can't tell your story if you are full of shame. Yeah. Um, and so by bringing out to the light, by being vulnerable, then there is freedom from that. And you can't, yeah, you can't numb shame without numbing joy. So yeah. as you work through the wall, and those bricks come down one by one, um, and you, you become more okay with who you are. In spite of all your flaws, God loves you just the same. And there's yeah. joy that can come out of that. Yeah, that's really, really great, and super easy to do, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the you know. <laughs> This is the reality of it, that this is why the wall was so hard, isn't it? Because it is mm-hmm. like, you know, it's the deconstruction of all the things that you thought were keeping you safe, but were actually enslaving you. That's right. And going, actually, Jesus, you're enough. That's right. You can't do this and keep control. Yeah. You can't do this with certainty. Yeah. That's going to be messy. Yeah, Totally. Yeah. So at, at this, uh, at stage five, we're starting to see, um, the convergence of our spirituality and our, you know, psychologically and spiritually a, a convergence. Mm. Um, and so I, I guess at this stage where, you know, you might be spiritually mature but emotionally unhealthy at this stage, they're starting to catch up with one another and there's a, a sense of um, convergence there or, you know, vice versa. We could be emotionally mature but just have a, a spiritual shallowness. But, um, you know, we start to really... Um, you know, become emotionally, not just spiritually whole, but emotionally, mentally whole as well. Um, and so, you know, we're talking about our mental health here. Uh, someone once described mental health as the dedication to reality at all costs. And uh, John Marcoma, he, he suggests that most people that live in a Western world and Western society live in a fantasy world rather than reality. And so it's it's actually... Um, you know, facing those things, I guess, that maybe we've created a bit of a fantasy world, a false reality, a false self, Um, you know, the lie of self-deception, and and we're actually saying, facing those things and saying maybe those things, um, they might have served us well as Mm -hmm. children, but they're now enslaving me as an adult, and so it's discovering who the real and true self is, who we are in Jesus. It's pulling down that facade. And um, it can be really scary. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally, yeah. 
So um, at this stage, our pro primary motivation in life becomes um, the desire to love honestly and live according to God's purposes. And so we're, we're growing into a, a full awareness that God truly loves us, even though we are not never fully whole. Um, uh, you know, I guess um, there's this sense that there's a, a new recognition of God almost at this stage, isn't there? You know, we talk about stage one as the recognition yeah. of God, um, and, and potentially there's um, some similarities there, but it's quite a different recognition isn't it yeah yeah because i think well and i think too because you're coming out of the wall so you're coming through all the uncertainty with god and i guess it probably is a new awe of god yeah yeah i've been thinking about this the last couple of days now and every time i think more about it i'm like yeah there's more here but yeah when you're journeying through the wall it is hard and you've been exposed so there's a new awe of the way god loves you i think when you become a brand new christian it's i know it's all bright and colorful but there's a there's some, probably some grey in this too, but in a maturity way, not in a sad way. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I was reflecting on the difference between the two and, and thinking, you know, when I, for me anyway, when I first came to Jesus and had that recognition of God, it was a total reformation about um, what I think about mm. God and discovering that hey, he's real yeah. and um, and he's good, you mm. know, or you know, mm. all of those sorts of things. So a total reformation of what I think about God. I, I think at stage five, it's actually a total reformation of what I think God thinks about me. Yeah, for sure. And so I'm coming into this whole new place of feeling His love, knowing His love, knowing His acceptance, knowing His, you know, His His what you know what He thinks about me. That's right. And um, I think yes, yeah, so that's quite a different um, sort of recognition of, yes. of who God is, but also what God. Thinks about that's me. right. He, yeah. he loves you even though you're not worthy. Where's at level one, stage one? Um, there's a worthlessness that you might feel, yeah, with all of it. And it's very tied up with the repentance and stuff as well, probably. yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, you know, I, I love that thought that you know, Jesus didn't come to change God's mind about us, mm. he came to change our mind about God, that's right, you know. And so, you know, at stage five, it's like this realization of like. Jesus is God's mind mm. made up about me. Like, you know, right. his, his, his life, his death, his resurrection, it all is pointing to the fact that God loves me unconditionally, you know. And I think that's, um, yeah, it's really quite profound and life-changing. Absolutely. Transformational, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I, I guess at this stage, um, wholeness looks a lot like weakness. Um, and, um, and it's not so much about wholeness making us stronger it's actually this realization that god is able to work through our weakness That's right. and so we're not becoming necessarily better or perfect <laughs> christians but we're actually embracing our weaknesses That's and right. realizing that it's in our weaknesses that god shows himself strong well it's that reality thing it's yeah mental health we're seeing it we're seeing reality yeah I'm not it's perfect. So true. i don't need to pretend to be perfect yeah god loves me regardless yeah yeah it's great yeah, and so I, I, you know, some of the things that start to be displayed in our lives is that we, we at this stage, we have a lot looser grip on ourselves and and others. Um, you know, that whole control thing is, mm. you know, I've it's a couple of conversations I've had with some people. Um, you know, some people talk about this 
need to control themselves, control everything in their life, also, you know, almost micromanage their lives to feel safe. Mm. And then others look to control everyone else around right. them to feel safe. But at this stage, we, we've lost all desire to control. And all con- desire to control God as well. Yeah. It's far out. I've definitely tried to... I've gotten frustrated that God's moving in lives over here. Why can't I have what they've got? Right. But at the same time, I want to control him so that I feel safe and not vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's not controlling him either. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Ali and I, um, every every Tuesday morning, we go for a walk together. Um, and uh, last time we went for a walk, she was reflecting on her journey and how she... Um, she would base her sense of worthiness in her experiences with God. And she said she's come into this whole new place where she doesn't need those to feel Correct. that God's with her anymore. That's cool. You know, because it's, they, they don't define yes. what God, what, or what she thinks God thinks about her yes. anymore, you know. So, yeah, yeah, it's like this real settledness and mm. calmness. Mm. Um, you know, and so for me, I'm, uh, you know, it, it's been the same. I, I, yeah, I used to think, oh, I haven't had a, you know, I haven't had an encounter with God <laughs> for a while, but now it's, I can have them or not have them. They That's don't right. change how I feel yeah. about myself or about God mm. or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, oh, one one other sort of thought on the control, and I, I, often when I say this to people, it sort of conf- confronts an idea um, for them, and and that's the idea that that um, the opposite of faith is not doubt, the opposite of faith is control, mm. and so pushing through that wall is you know faith looks like going I'm going to confront this wall even though I don't know what's on the other that's side, right. you know Scripture tells us that on the other side is life in abundance. You know, whoever will lay down their life will find true life. That's right. Um, but we don't, we don't know what that looks like or feels like on the other side of the wall. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. Yeah, and I think I shared when I preached how I look at how I've certainly spent time looking at ones that, like Annette, who have this piece, but she's hustling over here, and it's like, how does that? Right. But it's, it's that getting through the wall and going, ah, oh, that's okay, because you can see it from the other side of the wall, but. Right. There's a disconnect, and, and how do we get there? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, if we're in stage three, potentially mm. we're going. Well, it looks like more striving. Yes. I need to do more. I need to pray harder. I need, you know, all of that sort That's of stuff. Right. But when we come through the wall, we realise that that in the kingdom, fighting looks like resting. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, so at this stage, at stage five, we start to care less and less about what people think but care more and more about other people. Mm. So we start to be moved less by ego and ambition and become more moved by love and compassion. Um, Peter McHugh once said that achievement is like the shifting sand of a desert. It is not capable of meeting the thirst of an insecure soul. Neither is it predictable. Those who live a successful life have discovered how to celebrate both wins and losses. Mm. Yeah, I think it's Richard Raw that says success doesn't serve us after 30. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I love this um, this thought here. I don't know um, where I found it. I just wrote it down. and um, it says, accomplishment and successes are no longer gods but gifts. 
we can live with or live without, they are no longer a thing. That's such a, for any achiever, that's a hard thing to think about. Yeah. On the, on the south side of the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think at stage five, there's this real sense of awareness that the most important things in life are not things. That's right. But they are they're people. Absolutely. The people are the most important things. And, yeah. I, and people at level five too, they can work or serve with people who have in the past hurt or cheated them. And I'm like, man, that's, right. that's wow. transformation right there. Yeah. That's maturity to, yeah. to work with those that have wounded you yeah. in the past. Yeah, that's incredible. That's turning the other cheek, but full forgiveness and, yeah, there's love. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, we discover that, yeah, our relationships are the most important mm. thing about our lives. Yeah. Yeah. If one of us has to be wrong, let it be me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a great Māori proverb that says, um, what is the most important thing in the world? Mm. Tahangata, tahangata, tahangata. It is yeah. the people, it is the people. That's right. You know, and I think that's... Um, yeah, quite profound. Yeah. So at this stage, there's a real deep sense of calmness and peace about these people. Growth looks like resting. They're not trying to impress anyone or grasp for anything. Life is truly centered in Jesus, and he is enough. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, at earlier stages, we feel like there's a lot of problems that we need to solve, um, but at stage five we realise that there are some problems that just can't be solved. And so at this stage we've learned to joyfully accept our failures, our doubts and our lives. And the mystery. Yeah, and the mystery, yeah, yeah. So so uh, in the earlier stages we talked about um, being caged or stuck at certain um, stages. Um, at stages five and six you, you can't really get caged, you can't really get stuck, you either uh, continue sort of moving forward uh, into stage six, which um, is there are no steps, there's nothing to work for, strive for, uh, to, you just evolve into uh, into the life of love, um, but you can regress yeah. um, at this stage, uh, so um, you know, you, you potentially could move back into those other stages. Yeah, you'd be tempted to do the doing again or yeah. you know, there might be a stage in, season in life that might be tempting to yeah it. yeah so these stages are, are often quite fluid for people yeah. um you know and and i guess it could be a a, a crisis or um you know something else that happens to us that that causes us to question again another yeah. whole area of our our thinking that we haven't previously um deconstructed and so there could right. be that deconstruction again in a different area yeah yeah or even just the straight up the dark night of the soul yeah yeah totally yeah so at this stage we're really talking about um the the growth is not about um striving to become like christ the the growth here is just about recognizing our union with christ Absolutely. so we're continuing to focus on on jesus um and everything else is sort of external to to that knowing and being known relationship with yeah. the father and so yeah union with christ is is really important at this stage um i've i've found an app um that i've found really helpful in the last few weeks called the one minute pause and you just uh it just 
twice a day or you can see it as many times a day but it just encourages to take a, a one minute pause mm. and really it's about recognizing your union with Christ and um, so you take this pause and, and um, someone is you know someone sort of says some things just help to you know settle you and um, but one of the things he says is is I give everyone and everything mm. to you Jesus you know, so if, which is so important if we've lived our lives trying to put everyone and everything sure. in their right place sure. all the time. Um, you know, that control thing, it's just actually saying, I give everyone and everything to you, Jesus. And how powerful is it to be doing that twice a day? And I haven't yeah. said it, so it's two, uh, ten, 10 and 2, I think. Yeah. Um, so when I can, I will take the pause. And yeah, because if you're in the middle of a work day and you might not be having a great day, it's like, yeah, I surrender yeah, <laughs> everything back to you. And at the end, he says, that's good. That's enough for now. Yeah. For some of us, man, we just need to hear that. Yeah, so, yeah, totally, yeah. So I encourage you to have a look uh, for that app. It's called the One Minute Pause. You you do progress onto three-minute pauses and ten-minute pauses. You get to unlock levels. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, I've found, found it particularly helpful. So, so moving on from stage five to stage six. Um, so stage six is the life of love, and at this space... Um, you know, sort of the tagline here is that God transcends us. So we're really moving past all of the stuff of life into this deep union um, with Jesus. Um, and so, I mean, I fully recognize that uh, I'm not here mm-hmm. yet. And uh, I mean, I want to be here um, and recognizing that being here um, at stage six has got nothing to do with me. That's right. Um, you know, the there's no steps to take here. This is just about me continually recognizing my union with Jesus. Um, yeah, so at this stage, we are really embracing that self-sacrificing enemy love type of love. Yeah. And so at this stage, there's no striving. It's just evolving. We are truly beginning to experience what it means to be sons and daughters of a loving father. Um, so at this stage, there's, uh, we really start to see God in all of life. There's, there's no distinction between the secular and sacred. We haven't compartmentalized our life and put God into this box and right. our work into another box. You know, everything has, is filled with God's presence, so That's to right. speak. You know, we That's see right. God in, in all that we do. And you squeeze them and Jesus juice will come out. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think stage six are definitely the people, if, yeah. if they're squeezed, Jesus juice comes out. Absolutely. You know, and I think for me, recognizing that I'm not there has a lot to do with the fact that there are times where, you know, the kids are going crazy or whatever and, and Jesus juice doesn't come out mm-hmm. all the time. So Monday mornings, not at all. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So at this stage, um, all types of grasping have ceased. We're, we, we're not even trying to grasp spiritually. We don't feel like God is something that we need or, or someone that we need to grasp for. Right. He is part of us. Yeah. That union has become so very real. To enjoy Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at this stage, we recognize that even our weaknesses have become strengths as we embrace them, so own them. I think that's really important that we... Uh, continually remind ourselves that this journey is about owning our stage of apprenticeship, um, where we are right now. And so someone at stage six has fully owned all of their story. Um, Their weaknesses have now become strengths um, because they see them as places for God to move through. 
um, recognizing that his grace is sufficient, his power is made mm. perfect in our weakness. I think that's where we're just accidentally showing God wherever they go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's, there's no switching on, switching off. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a description in the book, um, A Critical Journey, and I just want to read that for us. It says this, The life of love is easily summarized. At this stage, we reflect God to others in the world more clearly and consistently than we ever thought possible. We let our light shine in such a way that God is given credit and thanks. When we are at stage six, we have lost ourselves in the equation, and at the same time, we have truly found ourselves. We are selfless. This factor allows us to do the most extraordinary things. We may figuratively wash other people's feet, or give away our very lives in the service of God. At, at times that means we die to self. At times that is meant and can mean that we die literally. We are at peace with ourselves, fully conscious of being the person God has created us to be. Obedience comes very naturally without deliberation because we are so immersed in God's work. Wherever that may be, such as in the field, the school, the home, the corporation, the prison or the neighborhood. We give our all without feeling that it means surrender or sacrifice. We are at one in the spirit with God who is our head and heart. And Jesus demonstrates this to us. Um, Rodolf Rollheiser in his book Sacred Fire, he talks about communion in a way I had missed it or in the, the Passover passage, Last Supper, Jesus. Um, uh, so in the first three Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, um, Jesus, obviously at the Last Supper, he shares communion with them and, and what this is supposed to be and do this in remembrance of me. Um, but the Gospel of John, which was written a long time after, um, so the early church had started, communion's been getting messy, you know, the rich are getting drunk when they're right. eating together, the poor are missing out on food altogether. And so when John writes this, he, you know, he's writing and looking back on the life of Jesus and at this Passover meal, Jesus doesn't give them a big speech about communion. He gets down and he washes their feet. Yeah, and I feel like well, that is, that's an illustration of this stage six, the life of love. This is serving. This is getting down. And I mean, that's not a job a Jew does. Um, yeah, you don't wash feet. The slaves right. wash feet. The Gentiles wash feet. But Jesus, he was fully love in that moment. Yeah. yeah. Knowing what he was about to walk into. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's almost like the full realization of of how the kingdom mm. works and that it winning looks like losing that's right absolutely you know and i think you know for me understanding that that concept is easy to think about you know winning looks like losing but so hard to do in, mm. in a moment you know mm. of you know maybe confrontation or conflict with someone actually saying the way of the kingdom is to lose this argument yeah and and follow the path of humility versus winning and, right. you know, keeping face or holding my reputation or, you know, like Jesus, you know, that was on full display at the cross, on the cross. To so the Romans, it looked like he lost. To the enemy, it looked like <laughs> he right. lost, you know, like, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it's like this full display of mm. winning looks like losing. That's right. You know, and... Um, I mean, the cross was, it wasn't just him dying. It wasn't just torture. It was, it was shame, like the, right. the shame of it all as well. You know, he hung there naked, mm. Um, mm. 
you know, a, a lot of people don't um, even want to think about this um, idea. But it was, uh, from what I understand, it was reasonably common that um, people that were crucified were also sexually molested. Mm. Like it was, mm. you know, there was all, all of that stuff That's was right. involved in that process. Yeah. And and here's our saviour. <laughs> you know the king the king of the world that's right you know um showing us that you want to win it looks like losing and what and how he shows us that vulnerability man he gave everything yeah all yeah. dignity is gone yeah all those things we try to hold on to yeah he was holding on to nothing yeah yeah, and he calls us to follow him. Hmm. I don't mind. Come follow. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that's stage, stage six, um, and yeah, fully owning that I'm not there yet, um, and looking forward to living that life of love as I continue following Jesus. I'm fully aware of how painful it will be to keep laying down our will as we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So someone who um, described this journey once, he's, he put it like this. He said, the wall ends the journey into myself, strips us of every identity I had built before the wall, and left me as nothing but beloved, and it set me free. That's beautiful. Yeah. And it's true. That's what it feels like. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So um, just some sort of final thoughts. Um, you know, we, we reflected on the idea that stages one through three, uh, you know, pretty common sort of church culture, um, sort of things um, but it's also very you know in a western secular society uh, a capitalist society stages one through three are, are sort of what are held up as the pinnacle That's right. um, you know a, a, a capitalist or consumer society wants to keep us wanting more needing more trying to find success you know all of that sort of stuff um, you know, so moving beyond those stages into stage five, where we realize things are no longer the most important thing, That's right. um, it's actually not good for a consumer culture. Like, it's not good for capitalism. No. <laughs> um, so I think that's reminding ourselves that actually the world wants to keep us Absolutely. at that level, even if we just, you know, remove the spirituality of it, like emotionally, mentally, the, this, the system of the world mm -hmm. is trying to keep us locked in those earlier stages because that's where they make the most money off that's us. right so as the church if we could disrupt that system yes you know what i mean and, and push through the wall we yeah. could show the world there is a different way to live think and act in the world absolutely and it, you know it, we we're looking outward we're looking how can we help restore people how can we help um, restore all things back to the original identity and purpose. Partner with Jesus, bring the kingdom, and and not just bring the kingdom, because that is, also has a very strong stage three. Yes. Like I feel like at stage three we have a lot of emphasis. How do we advance the kingdom? Yeah. At stage five and stage six, 
um, we are just bearing witness to the kingdom. That's right. It's that pockets of heaven wherever you are. Yeah. You're not going to try and create a pocket of heaven. Yeah. We, you are it. We are it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, you know, that's that's yeah. where we want to go. You know, like, if you're part of Awaken, this is where we want to be. Absolutely. This is where we're heading. Um, you know, we don't want to keep anyone locked in at stage one, two, three, three. We want mature disciples. Absolutely. And, and we've seen it too much in church history that, you know, if we're saying three is pinnacle, three is pinnacle, and people are not maturing emotionally, yeah. and they're hitting midlife crisis, and we've yeah. got leadership, moral failure, and yeah, when that's not, we're called for more. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. I think it's also helpful, maybe just at this, at, you know, to point out that we we never pass the basics either, though. Like yes. you don't transcend the spiritual disciplines of reading scripture and prayer, yeah. and you know, like they are the they are the foundations that we've built our lives upon. That's right. And but I guess the the perspective that we have on them is totally different. Yeah. We do them from a place of love rather than yes. a place of striving or feeling like we need God to well, and the, do. And we never outgrow the gospel. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's, that's not just for new, Christ, you know, new Christians. That's for, for all of us. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's great. Um, so, I mean, just the, the last thought, you know, on that whole idea, how do we, how do we as a church embrace um, facing the wall as a community? Um, you know, if you're at stages um, two or three, um, like we we're not we're not going to be able to help people push through the wall if we haven't pushed through the wall ourselves. Um, so, what what is really really unhelpful for someone at stage four, or you know, when they're taking that inward journey, they're starting to take some of those bricks out and question some things and have some doubts, um, or maybe they've hit a crisis and the walls come down, or you know, the wall they're up against the wall. Um, what's really unhelpful for them are just, you know, the you just need to statements. Um, that's not what they really need to hear at this stage. Um, and so what they actually need are people that have gone through the wall who will journey with them. That's right. And I think yeah. when you're up against the wall, you're looking for those people who are safe. Um, and it can be pretty disheartening when you're going... And because I think at the wall too, there is a feeling of abandonment often. Right. Yeah. Um, and a loneliness potentially. I yeah. don't know who can, how do I put this back together? I don't know. Yeah. Um, and certainly if you can't, yeah, you need safe people that have been through it that can. Um, and obviously you've had the story of your wall and you had a leader who helped you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, when I was a youth pastor, I, I had a wall. I sort of came to this place where I felt like I had wrecked everything. I'd wrecked some relationships and um, I was feeling a whole lot of shame, feeling like, um, uh, you know, I should lose my job as a youth pastor, you know, all of that sort of stuff was going on for me. It sort of got to the point where I um, I drove to Christchurch and my intention was to not come back. Wow. Um, and my pastor at the time, he rung me and uh, basically said you need to come home and face the music um, and so I, I eventually did come home uh, and then stayed in bed for a few days um, and so he rang me again and said you, you need to come and face the music and um, so I, I didn't go to church on the Sunday morning but I went Sunday night and um, during worship he leans over to me and he says uh, if I was to resign today, the only person I trust to lead this church is you. And 
that just re- <laughs> wrecked me totally um, because I was feeling all the feels about being worthless, mm. full of shame, hopeless, I'd let everyone down, you know, all of those emotions and feelings. Um, and then he proceeds to get up in front of everyone at church and say, if anyone has a problem with Michael, you've got to come through me first. And I was been reflecting on that recently and thinking about the story of the prodigal son. Mm. And, you know, he comes home, he's feeling all the shame. I've wrecked it. Yeah. I've, you know, I've destroyed my life. The least I could be is a servant. Yeah. He comes home and the father runs to him. And, you know, the culture of that day was that the community were allowed to stone the son. He brought shame upon right. the father's house. Um, the community were allowed to stone this boy returning home. But the father runs to him mm. and covers him and essentially says, if you want to stone him, you've got to stone me first. Right. And he protects the son. Mm. And and for me, it was like, I, I mean, that whole deal was me. I was up against the wall. Yeah. And my pastor, he didn't say, you can avoid this wall. He didn't say, don't worry, we'll sweep this wall under the rug. No, he said, you need to come and face this, yes. but I'll protect you. Mm. You're safe to face this. I'll, I'll protect you. But you need to face it, yeah. but I'll protect you. And, you know, if, and for me, that was life-changing, life-transforming, trans, you know, like... Um, not just the fact that I went through a wall at that <laughs> stage, that was transformational, but that I had someone yeah. who was willing to protect me and create a safe space for me to go through the wall yeah. um, was really powerful. Um, and so for me, it has given me a, a lot of grace for people that are going through walls. Mm. Um, and, you know, I just hope that I can be that person for yes. others and for us to be able to create a community of faith. Yeah where people are safe to go through the walls. Yeah, and I've always thought about John 8, you know, the woman caught in sexual adultery. And Jesus, right. Jesus is literally down in the dirt with her. Like, yeah. he's scribbling away in the dirt. And, yeah, that's know, it. He's, he's in it with her. Totally. Yeah. He's the God that gets right down into our mess. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He's he, not... He, he challenges them, whoever, you know, yeah. hasn't sinned, cast the first stone. Yeah. He, come through me first. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's really beautiful way. Yeah. Um, I, one last thought I'll finish with. Um, I've been reading a book uh, recently called A Glorious Dark, Finding Hope in the Tension Between Belief and Experience. And reading the book uh, and then sort of studying the critical journey, I'm realizing so many tie-ins, um, which makes sense because um, the glor- A Glorious Dark is just reflecting on the Christian journey and, um, and the critical journey is a reflection on that too. Anyway, there's this one quote that stood out for me, and, and it says this, The religious system of Christianity or church is not the only way to God. Jesus Christ himself is the only way to God. I am not the keeper of the way. I am just a journeyer on the way. That's a beautiful thought. Yeah. Yeah, so if we can just remind ourselves that we are not keepers of the way. You know, those that maybe at stage two or three, you are, you are not the keeper of the way. Uh, you are just a junior on the way, and we're, everyone's at different stages right. of growth and development of maturity, and and we want to create a safe space for people to be able to face the walls and move through them and yeah. find the hope and the abundant life that mm. Jesus 
promised Absolutely. on the other side. Yeah. It's great. Well, just uh, a reminder of Awaken You coming up. Uh, we're going to continue diving into this whole topic. It's going to be a really awesome time. I'm actually really looking forward to next term and covering this off. And I, I just know that there's, uh, it's just going to be such a helpful framework for so many people. So love to see you along next term. But uh, let me pray. Yeah, Father, we just thank you um, for your goodness. Father, we thank you that uh, you uh, are faithful. Father, that even when we go through times in our life where we, we question things, where we have doubts, where we uh, are up against that wall, so to speak, we thank you that you are actually a safe space. You are a safe um, presence for us to, to face those uncertainties in our life. Uh, we thank you, Jesus, that you lead us. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are with us. And yeah, we just pray for everyone listening right now, no matter where they are in their stage, we pray that they would take ownership of, of their stage of apprenticeship mm -hmm. to you, Jesus. And that um, together we would move forward, that we would continue to grow in our maturity, um, and we would continue to look for ways to adopt your lifestyle, Jesus, so that we can truly experience the life that you have for us. We thank you that you are the true source of life. And we just bless every person listening to this podcast right now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.